Hello, so thank you for joining us. This is the Common Sense Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Timothy Crumley, with my co-host, Carlos Morsed and uh, Emma Cranston. We are uh, joined today with uh, Dr. Uh, Laura Lewis. Uh, she is uh, joining us from Georgia, and uh, uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, relationships and uh, family system issues. And uh, before we dive into all that, here is a little bit about our podcast. So Common Sense Mental Health is a, it's it's basically the overhead for a group of private providers, uh, licensed mental health counselors, social workers, uh, and we operate within our own practices and we provide uh, teletherapy throughout New York State. We also provide in-person therapy as well within the capital region. And all of our providers are competent in teletherapy. Uh, we specialize in video, phone, as well as text-based services. And some of our providers have their own practice that work with Common Sense. And in those practices, they may be overseeing uh, interns or um, sort of pre-licensed providers who are under limited permits uh, or something along those lines. Uh, but that is Common Sense Mental Health in a nutshell. Um, any questions, you're always welcome to reach out and ask, and we will be happy to answer. All right, so let's get started. Um, so first off, I just want to thank uh, Dr. Lewis for uh, joining us today. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Um, and I guess just a, just a quick intro. Um, uh, you are a licensed psychologist, uh, again, uh, based in Georgia, uh, where you run your own practice. You're also an author and a speaker. Um, and again, my understanding is that your uh, specialties are with uh, relationships and marriage counseling, uh, as well as uh, family therapy. Um, but again, anything you would add to that, Dr. Lewis? Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's me. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, so yeah, so um, I guess just to jump in. So we have um, some questions that we'll refer back to, but we'll see where the conversation goes, if that works. Yeah. Um, so I guess like I, my, my first question uh, for you, Dr. Lewis, is, you know, in thinking about um, right now we're navigating this pandemic and we're, you know, in, uh, uh, been dealing with COVID for the last four or five months. I guess what impacts are you seeing for families, uh, you know, down, uh, you know, uh, down where you are? I know in my work, I'm seeing impacts for couples I work with and for families um, in a variety of ways. But yeah, I guess what, what has that been looking like for you? I'm seeing that a lot of couples are struggling with how to communicate. Um, there's an increase in stress on their relationship than ever before, having to navigate such an unfamiliar experience being in a pandemic where they are around each other all the time, mm. while at the same time trying to teach their children, trying to work and navigate working from home. Um, and so I'm seeing an increase in, in for a lot of couples. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with um, suddenly the, the, there's this change and just how much exposure, you know, these families and uh, couples have with each other. Um, uh, that being said, I, I, have you been seeing anything on your end, Emma? I know, um, and not to throw you under the bus, I know that, um, so Emma has, I think, made clear in previous podcasts that um, you don't necessarily work with couples or families too often, although I think you would make a great family therapist, but that's just me. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess anything that you're seeing on your end with that too. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, yes, yes. Anything you want to add, Carlos? With that, no, um, yeah, no, I, I think that that makes that makes sense, and um, I know there's been I think branches of other issues that have come off. Uh, I know we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, um, but uh, I know like substance use is one that uh, I know I've been seeing on my end, and um, just ways of coping and just trying to deal with this again with these changes and with what's been going on. Um, again, I'm 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 curious, Dr. Lewis, for you in your practice in terms of approaches and, and things that that you do uh, with families navigating this. I guess what what does some of that look like? Um, part of what I do in my After I Do Academy is I teach couples how they can listen with their whole being. And so sometimes we listen when we're distracted or we listen but we're not really hearing like what our partners are really saying. And so um, you can be trying to multitask at the same time while your partner is sharing something that they're really stressed about. Mm. And so I really recommend that couples try to listen with their whole being, with their eye contact, with their facial expressions, with their um, body language and their posture. And so really teaching couples about nonverbals is just part of the work that I do to improve their communication. Mm. Yeah, yes. I, I kind of what I hear in that is really going over with them just how to be uh, present with one another, like really actually like, and, and doing so in uh, in uh, various different ways, both verbal as well as uh, nonverbal, um, which yeah, I think a lot of couples struggle with. I mean, even in general, that's something that comes up, but especially when we're in crisis. Um, I think it can be easier, especially now during the pandemic, just to kind of like subconsciously tune someone out, like mm. especially in a relationship, like, yeah, you want to be there. You want to, you want to listen. You want to show that you're listening, but in, in doing that, you're kind of like sarcastically listening, if that makes sense. Like you're just like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, and then the other person <laughs> can pick up on that and be like, yeah, you're not listening to me. And then that opens up a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> does, does, that, does that happen with us? Do we do that? Uh, no comment. Oh, Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, just to add to that, no, yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. It, it, it um, again, kind of going back to, we find ways to sort of cope with the change. And if we feel overwhelmed or, um, I could certainly see uh, a couple doing that, mm-hmm. um, whether or not we've actually ever done that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, again, any, any, any thoughts, Emma? I, I just love it whenever people talk about active listening because, I feel just in talking with peers within the field, um, it can seem like active listening is a part of communication that's like forgotten about in a sense. Um, and I feel, of course, I can't say it's the most important part, but I feel like it's one of the biggest pieces because it's really just sort of silent disco if there's no active listening. Two people are just dancing around and not actually to the same beat. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That just makes sense. I'm not, see, you're looking at me like, bitch, please. And I'm like, relax. I'm disagreeing with her. You, just, you said it very quickly. Um, <laughs> no, but absolutely. And I like how you put that up. It is, it's like this like kind of like silent disco. That's a, that's a great analogy. Um, yeah. I guess, again, as we're talking about this, any, any, any further thoughts for you, uh, 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 Dr. Lewis, that are uh, coming up? to make a request in a way that expresses a positive need. Like, a lot of times I can see that couples mm. might, like, criticize each other or 
complain a lot because that's just how our brain works. You know, it's easy to focus on, you know, what the problem is. Our brain naturally wants to protect ourselves from the problem, the hurt or pain. And so with that, it's a, just human nature to focus on the problem. And so part of the As I Do Academy is teaching couples how they can focus on expressing a positive need. Like, for example, like, say, for example, um, couples are frequently arguing about one person taking on more of the responsibility for taking care of cleaning. And so this might come across like, you never clean, or I'm always having to be the one that is washing the dishes. You never wash the clothes. And so instead, I will say, focus on like an I statement that expresses a positive meaning. So an I statement may be, um, I feel I feel really tired lately and it would make me feel a lot better if you could wash the clothes once a week. And so it's much, much more easier for the person to hear that and not get defensive because it's specific and it's not attacking the other person. And so it helps with bringing down some of the defensiveness that may naturally come up mm-hmm. when couples are, are critical. Yeah, yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I see. What, what, what's coming up for you? No, it just makes complete sense. Like I can I can see situations where that has happened in the past, and I have had to kind of like before just immediately speaking, I would have to like think about what I wanted to say first mm-hmm. because yes, I if I am upset about something, it could come out really really terrible, mm-hmm. and if I just sit with it and think for a second, and then see how I can explain that to you without tr- making you feel bad in the situation. That mm. makes sense. Cool. Uh, thank you for that. No problem. I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, it's, and it's something where I would imagine, especially, I mean, again, I mean, I think that that all makes sense even during non, again, non-crisis, non-pandemic times that that's, that makes a ton of sense, but especially during a pandemic, I can imagine that these skills, even if couples have learned them before, I would imagine um, they get kind of rusty because we're suddenly preoccupied with navigating this and, and all the changes that are coming with it. Um, any, any, any thoughts, Emma, that are coming up for you? I think, and actually thinking of my own relationship, because I can remember at the beginning of the pandemic, my husband and I had to, like, redistribute the chores, in a sense. Because mm-hmm. uh, previously, I, you know, I've been working from home. He wasn't. And as he transitioned to working from home, and we're both working full-time, and we're both busy, it was kind of like, wait, why am I also doing a lot of the chores? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at, at that time, it was really helpful because I... You know, I have a little bit of training in communication, so I'm already coming in with some awareness of how to navigate it, um, and I can see just how much easier it was when I could kind of approach him in just a very calm, non-defensive manner. Um, it definitely takes practice, but like in the sense of family or couple therapy. I can only imagine just how important that rehearsal is and practicing and having Mm. an outsider who can say like, oh, nice try, but that part right there, let's fix it. Um, But yeah, just communication is such a a skill. It's kind of like an art form. Um, And we we often don't think of it that way and just kind of fumble through it and hope it works out okay. There's more to it than just moving our mouths in the same words. Mm, right. Totally. Yeah. Trying to plan out that communication, which, again, I think, and especially, you know, with what you were saying, Dr. Lewis, I would imagine that that is really required of couples. So, like, especially if you're in a habit of not coming at it from that more sort of positive need 
standpoint it's like you really have to like sit back and rehearse oh wait a minute all right it's it's not about him not doing this thing i want to express how it really actually helps when he does which yeah i would imagine that's very conscious at first but over time probably becomes you know the, i would imagine it gets uh, easier to, to come at it from that standpoint absolutely definitely and so one of the things that i recommend is for couples to avoid certain trigger words like always and never those tend to be trigger words like where it triggers defensiveness in the other person typically um and so that also helps with with making the request specific focus on the here and now positive and then kind of avoiding those trigger words mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. As you're saying that, I'm thinking, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to speak to that or not, Carlos, it's totally up to you. I know I've personally been guilty of this, even as a therapist, right? It's like, you know, I, I think I think those words, I mean, what they also reflect is very like black and white thinking. It's very like all or nothing. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I know I, I probably have said, you know, this always happens or this thing is always, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we both have. I'm sure like that's a normal thing in relationships for people to do. Oh, just, for sure. Yeah, especially like in the heat of the moment mm-hmm. when you're just like upset. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anything of it. But I could definitely see where that where that then uh, triggers conflict. Right. It's like not only are you attacking that person essentially, but you're you're suggesting that this person always does X or right. always doesn't do X. Which may, but, may not be true. Right. And it probably probably isn't true. Right. Like it, it's yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, this being said, not to shift gears too much, but again, part of what keeps coming up again as we're navigating communication and, and sort of how to do that during a time like this, I know with coping, um, again, working with families and couples that have, um, again, kind of engaged in really creative ways of coping, as well as, um, you know, couples and, and people who are struggling with unhealthy coping strategies, such as substance use. And, and I know personally, I've been seeing a spike in that with a couple of families that I work with, um, where that, whether or not that was an issue prior, it is now. Um, and again, I'm kind of curious, Dr. Lewis, what, yeah, what, what have you seen with that? that app too i haven't heard of that one before but yeah absolutely um yeah i have some further thoughts but uh, emma what's what's coming up for you i don't know yet i'm still 
still in the process of putting my thoughts together. So you share your thoughts. I can relate to that. Don't worry. <laughs> and just to know, and actually, um, so uh, actually, uh, we can we can see each other, Emma. So just for people who are listening, so yeah, I can see the look on your face. You look like you were like, real like thought as as we're talking about this. Um, but yeah, like I, I think yeah, I, I think that that's that's right. It's like, again, you know, not only do we tend to I think lose sight of coping strategies that work and that are healthier when we're in crisis, but this pandemic, I think one of the cruelest things about this virus really is that it it really limits how we can cope. You know, like for example, I have clients both within relationships and just in general who a lot of the coping strategies were outside the home. Like it was you know being able to go and do this thing. It was going to the gym. It was you know, and it really limits us in so many ways. Um, or again, those of us that are trying to be safe, it, it does, um, you know, so it, it's hard. But yeah, I think absolutely trying to get creative and, and even doing things from home, um, which is possible. Um, as you're talking about that, I, yeah, I was kind of thinking about that uh, for us in terms of maybe ways we could be creative at home. I don't know if that comes up for you, Carlos. Um, creative in what way? Oh, in terms of just like coping and like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that, yeah, I think. Well, for sure. Um, but yeah, again, Emma, call yeah, I think you definitely oh. raise a good point, Timothy, that um, it, a lot of couples have had things outside of the house as a way of coping. Like, even the drive home, like, when you think about you're at work and then you drive home, you might have yes. 20 minutes or, like, in Atlanta traffic, 45 minutes <laughs> where you're driving home. Just that time could have been a coping strategy of, like, listening to music or debriefing with a friend where now everything is happening in the house. And so that mm. can add, like, a level of... um Stonewalling, stonewalling is like when one person shuts down either emotionally or physically with y'all. Now that couples don't have those outlets, um, it could be increased stonewalling that's coming up, which is the greatest predictor of relationship failure. Yeah, yes. Yes. And, and for those listening, can you actually, can you explain a little bit in terms of what that is? Well, before we go into that, let's take oh. a small little break because we're hitting like 15 minutes and I don't want it to be too long. Okay. And then we'll come back and okay. we'll pick up with that question. That sounds good. Cool. That sounds good. All right. So did you know uh, Dr. Lewis has done over 1,000 speaking engagements? Her work is featured on places like NBC, Cosmopolitan Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal. She's also an author, and her book is called Marital Peace, and it was published in 2016. Uh, Dr. Lewis runs her own private practice, which is located in Atlanta, Georgia. They uh, do a bunch of services from anything from couples counseling therapy, family counseling therapy, individual counseling, all the way up to um, consulting and training as well. So if you live in the Atlanta, Georgia area, please check out Dr. Lewis's website, which is atlantacoupletherapy.com. They are currently accepting new clients and they're hiring new providers. So once again, thank you so much, Dr. Lewis, for stopping by. And let's get right back into the podcast. All right, well, back. So, um, yeah, so I think what I was going to ask um, before we took that break was if uh, Dr. Lewis, if you could explain a little bit of that uh, stonewalling process, um, just for people who are listening, kind of what, what that looks like. Sure, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So relationship researcher John Gottman out of Seattle found that there are certain predictors of divorce or separation. And so one of the biggest ones is stonewalling. Stonewalling happens when one person either withdraws physically, like, I'm done with this conversation, I'm out of here. Like that's a physical stonewalling where they might a person might go outside the house or they might um just often like sleep in another bedroom. That might be a physical stonewalling. But for some couples it's an emotional stonewalling mm-hmm. where they're present, they're coming home every night. Uh you ask your partner, How you doing, fine? How, what happened today? Nothing. It's like one <laughs> one word answer. <laughs> and and a little bit of this is totally fine. You're a couple of you're okay out there if you have a little bit of this here and there. But mm-hmm. if it happens all the time, then that is that is a, a sign that you probably may you probably are likely gonna need some outside intervention for support, you know, for your relationship. Um and so couples do this for a number of reasons. One of the reasons why a person might snowball is because they feel like the conversation isn't going anywhere. I'm talking to you but you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. Or they might feel flooded. Um, Dr. Mm-hmm. Gatlin would say a couple is flooded when their heart rate reaches above 100 beats per minute. And so that's when it's difficult to reason, it's difficult to problem solve. And so at times we need to take a break. Um, and I'll pause there, but usually I work with couples on how they can effectively mm-hmm. take a break, a moment when they need to. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and just on my end, I've heard those terms before, too. And also, uh, Dr. Gottman is yeah, definitely they, they, they've done some really good work. Yeah, um, we follow I, them on Facebook. We, we do. We do follow them. And um, but I actually did not know that about the physical piece in terms of like that, that uh, flooding process. But that makes a ton of sense. I could I could see that. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it was interesting hearing that. Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard it explained that way. So mm-hmm. it's like, I started like seeing like different situations of like people I know. Mm. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> it's like a little dis- un- uh, discomforting, uncomfortable to just like mm-hmm. actually know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Although I am not a licensed therapist, so I can't really say for sure that that's what that person's going through, but mm. it's easier to see now. Well, no, for sure. Um, actually, I mean, as we we're talking about this, I'm, I'm, my, I keep thinking about my parents and they're listening. Sorry, but, <laughs> but no, I think about my parents, I think about different family members. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. And again, uh, Emma, just want to make sure I'm checking in. Any thoughts on your end as we're <laughs> talking about this? appreciate the um the little note that a little bit of stonewalling or removing yourself from a situation either physically or mentally is not automatically a bad thing um i think a lot of potentially the kind kind of interpret that as like oh my gosh that was that one time that i said i couldn't talk i'm stonewalling my relationship is ending uh but it's a very important note that a little bit is not a bad thing yeah yeah, I, I'm correct. Like,
a break, I recommend for that to be the person who initiates coming back to, to resolve the conflict. And then when they're on the break, I talk them through how, how they practice their coping skills during that time. Like, you don't want to get on the phone and just talk about how your mate is just like a terrible person because it's not going to make you feel more flooded. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are some of the, the tips that I recommend for couples on how to take a break. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it sounds like being quite purposeful and clear when you need to take a break as opposed to an automatic reaction and shutdown. Yeah. Absolutely, because you know it makes a difference when your partner just walks away and like, I'm done with this conversation. And then they, a lot of times the other person can feel abandoned or feel like what they're saying doesn't matter or like they don't matter. And so instead of just, just being clear about like what they're needing in that moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, from eight. And then also setting a time that they'll come back to, yeah. to talk about it. Right. Um, yeah, because like from a non-therapist point of view, I can see where people might get confused from what you guys are saying. Because like, in, in one way you're saying, you know, give your partner space, blah, 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 blah. And another way you're saying, listen to your partner, do this, do that, do that. And it's just like, I think people just need to understand that it's about the communication and understanding the middle ground. Mm. And like, don't assume that your partner knows that you just need a break. Mm. Like, you may be storming off right now, but that's not you like angrily like just saying like I'm I'm done with this. It's you just like needing a minute. Mm. But if you just say I'm done, I I have to I have to get out of here. Like, how's your partner gonna know mm. that you're just taking a small break? You know, you just need some air. So yeah, uh, communication. Mm. I would say is key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. Oh no, no, you could you could go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but I was just gonna say kind of on top of that, Carlos. Um I just completely lost my thought. So let's hear from Tim. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's um, I was just going to add, I mean, it, it seems to go back, I think, to even kind of where we started with some of this for, again, this sort of like positive needs and, and being able to express that. It's, it's like, it sounds like that's just another example of that, essentially. It's like, can you identify when you need space and then communicate it versus like, again, going back to what you're saying, Carlos, versus just, you know, storming off or... Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, th- that's all I was going to add, though. Emma, I I don't know if they came back to you or no, it came back nice. finally. Nice. Um, this is what I was just going to say because Carlos, you're mentioning how this may be confusing for some of the people listening. Yeah. So it's also super important to keep in mind that all of this is such a process. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I highly doubt that the expectation is you go to you know one or two sessions of family therapy and you're quote unquote. Like, it's not something that you just do for a little while, get it all figured out, and you're done. It's going to be a process. There's going to be slip-ups. Like, so much of going to therapy and kind of being on the receiving end of any treatment, it's going to be an imperfect system, and it's more about making process or making progress as opposed to, quote-unquote, completing process. Right. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. 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 Yeah, and I have, so I guess I have um, some other thoughts and another question, but it's actually going to steer us, not completely away, but it's going to kind of switch gears a bit. Um, Any additional thoughts for uh, Dr. Lewis, Emma, Carlos, anything that anyone else wants to add with this piece? Mm -mm. 
Okay. Um, yeah. So I guess my other question, and I know, at, you know, within common sense, we have been finding our way through this um, in a few different ways. Um, but I'm definitely curious, Dr. Lewis, for, for you and your practice. So how, I guess, for your practice, how, how are you navigating COVID? How, I guess, what has that looked like for you since, since the end of March? Um, yeah. So I was really nervous about the transition to start off with. I was like, you know, a lot of my work is seeing a couple in person, like navigating like what they're dealing with in my office. And so I was kind of anxious about like how, what is it going to look like with with COVID, you know, and and strictly telemental health. I had done some in the past because I, I took like six months off and traveled to 20 countries and so I had done some telemental health then. Mm. Um, but I was kind of nervous about it. Um, but it turned out really well. You know, uh, only one couple said, all right, Dr. Lewis, we'll wait till you come back in the office. <laughs> but for the most part, I got an increase in, in clients. Um, right now, my, my therapist that works and, and the practice, they're pretty full. Um, and so while I was really anxious initially, you know, it, it transitioned pretty well to mm. this telemental health. And I see some of the things that couples talk about that talk, I see some of the things that they've talked about in the office, but now in their natural environment. Mm. So I see, okay, the baby's crying, and what are we going to do with um, about dinner, the cat crawling across the um, the, the screen, and so we're it, it's interesting to kind of see them in their natural habitat. I can give them a lot more like specific feedback, seeing everything that's going on in their natural environment, and some of the coping skills that I never would have thought of before, like mm. the cat. Like the cat is a natural coping skill that I've seen them practice. So that's been interesting. That that also made Emma really excited when you just said that about the cat. Um, you, you, do you want to add anything to that, Emma? Or I, 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 any of my clients who may ever listen to this all already know, but literally every time we talk about coping skills, I'm like, do you have a pet? Do you have a cat by any chance? Because they're great. Yeah. And uh, I I appreciate the use of pets with coping. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I think and that's a really great point. Just in general, again, with just people I work with one-on-one or even with couples and families, um, yeah, pets play a huge role. Now, especially, again, that we're home so much, right? It's like, yeah. um, so I'm curious kind of what their reaction to it is. But, um, but yeah, no, in, in terms of, in terms of uh, tele, that makes complete sense. So are, so are, are you completely tele now? Um, or or do you, are, are you doing some in-person work too? Teletherapy, and then I also have the SIU Academy that's all online, and so I'm I'm able to to support I think way more couples than I could before where I was just in the office because I'm using all of these different you know online platforms to be able to provide support. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting too. I um. Yeah, I found that that, that it's it's worked. Right? It's 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 been okay, you know, working with couples over tele. I know for me personally, I definitely prior to COVID 
preferred working with couples in person, um, probably for yeah. some some of the same reasons that uh, you were saying, Dr. Lewis, that, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, just with more people in the room, it's just like, this is more happening. Um, but which is funny, because like, yeah. our practice specializes in teletherapy, and you just prefer in person. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say, I, I, I didn't say in general, but, um, but yes, yeah, so with this, I, I mean, personally, I haven't, that's just my own. Yeah. And I'm sure that probably varies based on the therapist, too. But, um, but yeah, and I think it is interesting trying to adjust to that, that again, in many cases, I think it works out fine. But um, especially if I have like a couple that's like going back and forth over something or things get really heated. Um, again, I'm not sure if this is how it feels for others. But it, it definitely as a therapist, I feel like not that I had a lot of control before, but I feel like I have even less in that. And I find myself like, almost having to like yell at the screen, like, okay, we need to like, stop what's happening right here and, and look at this. But it's harder to do that when you're stuck on the other side of zoom or google meets um again i don't i don't know dr lewis if you've run into that as well but absolutely absolutely it's funny because um i can just totally envision several scenarios where that has happened where i'm like all right stop you know just kind of bring it bringing the couple back in because i'm there but i'm not totally right there with them whereas if we are in person then um i feel like it's more listening you know but then on the virtual platform um they'll start talking to each other or they may say whisper something to each other that i can't hear but that's a little slight jab Um, and so that happens and we just lay out ground rules about like what what our therapy is going to look like you know some of the boundaries that we're going to set we're not going to yell at each other we're not going to talk over each other and you know there's occasionally those boundary crossings and we, uh-huh. we work with it yeah, no, and just as you said that, that I hadn't even thought of that, but I've run into that as well. Um, yeah, the couple will like joke about something kind of like off the screen a little bit and I, I can't hear and I'll, and I think nine times out of ten, I'll stop and be like, wait, what, what was that? Like, I, I, I but it's like, yeah, this, again, that probably wouldn't happen to the same extent, you know, if they were sitting right across from me. Right. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. But I really like what you said about in terms of that. So like setting ground rules, right, which I think definitely, um, I mean, that's the case in therapy in general, but especially moving a couple on to tele, uh, that makes that makes a ton of sense. Um, I do want to know our time. I know we only have a couple minutes left. I know, um, I think I think all of us, or at least Emma and I, I think we need to leave right at two. Um, but this said, um, I guess any additional thoughts of what we're talking about um, before we do begin to wrap up? I just, I'm, I'm glad that it's working out for you, Dr. Um, Lewis, that the whole tele thing is working out for you because it's unfortunately, like during the pandemic, not every small business is having, you know, good success. So it's, it's good to hear when it is happening to someone. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we've been very, and just kind of add to that too. I mean, we've yeah, definitely had just a, a ton of clients, um, you know, reaching out and, and new intakes pretty steadily. Um, Slightly overwhelming. You were saying that earlier. Yeah, you were yeah. feeling you were kind of feeling it with, yeah. with the with the intakes. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot to uh, juggle. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, but any any additional thoughts, uh, uh, Emma, uh, 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 Doctor Lewis? Any anything else coming to mind? Thoughts. I'm just so grateful that we did this topic. Yeah. It's very eye-opening. One of the things that I would... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying something. <laughs> oh, I was 
okay, one of the things that I will add um, is the importance of changing our mindset. Um, I think that, you know, if we change our mindset, we can change our life, our relationships, you know, we can change how we see one another. And so that's, that's part of my work as a couple therapist and psychologist is, is helping couples see it differently, helping couples see, see their partners differently, their future mm-hmm. differently, um, and renewing hope and, and possibility. And I, I think that's so needed, you know, during times like this, especially. Yeah, yes, for sure. For sure. I think when we get so like used to and stuck in those current viewpoints, you know, before we actually look at that and before we challenge it, um, and actually I had, it was totally different topic, totally different thing, but I had another colleague earlier today talking about having that sort of like fresh perspective. Um, so I, I mean, I would imagine, I think, you know, couples work, there's just a lot of that too. It's like you said, it's sort of helping people see their partner differently and, and seeing them in this, in this different light. Um, which, yeah, I think that can, that can go a really long way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, this, and this all said, any, any, any final thoughts on what you said you were good as well? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Any, anything, Carlos? I'm good. To wrap up with? All right. <laughs> well, again, thank you, Dr. Lewis, for taking the time today. This was, um, and I know we had some technical difficulties at the beginning, so thank you for bearing <laughs> with us. Um, uh, yeah, this was this was very helpful for me, and I think for our listeners as well. Um, and you're you're uh, welcome back anytime. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, uh, do you want to um, add some information where um, our listeners can reach you or your practice at? Oh, sure. So um, you can connect with me on social media on Instagram. It's Dr. Laura Lewis. Lewis is L-O-U-I-S. Um, you can also connect with me on YouTube. Anytime I get a question that's asked more than once when I speak, um, I've done this over a thousand speaking engagements. So anytime I get like a question that's asked more than once, then I'll record a video and put it on YouTube. So you can connect with me there. Um, and if you'd like some support for your relationship, you can go to after. I do academy.com. Nice. Nice. Excellent. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, Dr. Lewis. Thank thank you, Emma, Carlos. Thank you for joining thank us. You all. Thank and you. yeah, we Thanks will. For having me. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, take care and we will talk soon. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. We had a blast having on Dr. Lewis. So once again, thank you so much, Dr. Lewis, for stopping by. And if anyone out there listening to the podcast is interested in joining us for an episode, maybe two, maybe three, feel free to reach out to us um, on any of our social media. We have an Instagram Facebook. You can even check out our website. Um, We have a blog there where you can make comments. Um, You can also contact us through our website. There's a contact us um, page. Um, You can also just email me directly. My email is intake at common sense, M as in mental, H as in health.com, intake at common sense, mh.com. Once again, thank you so much, Dr. Lewis, and see everyone next week. Bye.